1: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable
2: problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com.
0: It's my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
0: Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
3: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs)
4: Welcome to Word of the Week. Turmoil. It's a noun. It means a state of great disturbance, confusion or uncertainty. So, have we got a manager in turmoil? Players in turmoil? Or a board in turmoil? Or is it just a club in turmoil? Here to discuss this with me is the wonderful, the erudite, the illustrious Mr Liam Toomey, ESPN specialist journalist and chelsea maniac
0: i was surprised you were going to say my name then when you said the wonderful erudite it's a better writer than i
4: usually get i'll take it okay take it because you know it can only get worse you're a, it's a, a gonna go downhill from here absolutely <laughs> and speaking of downhill on my left we have <laughs> mr Seb fontaine He's going to try and keep it in, I would think. Well, I've, uh, I, I,
1: I didn't realise that I was purely drafted in for negativity, <laughs> which I've only heard in the coffee shop previous to this. So, like, we had to get you in because we needed your misery. But as I've always said, if you're not complaining, you're not looking hard enough.
4: <laughs> it's absolutely true. And actually, now you have the perfect platform. And the man who has been announcing across Twitter all day that he's got things to get off his chest... <laughs> It's Mr. Andrew Saunders. I'm always looking hard. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, this is nice, isn't it? We're all having a laugh. We're all looking happy and smiley. But what are we going to do? I suppose we should... I don't know where... Who wants to start us off? Well, I want to to start with something. I
3: I want to start with something. Just to (laughs) say that this particular podcast will contain swearing. And if you are listening with a child, say in a car, or if you are of a sensitive disposition, this probably isn't the podcast for you. Or teach them those words. So, fair warning. Um, Look, where do we start? I think we start with you know, a general impression of where we're at at the moment. I mean, okay. I think we all woke up this morning as Chelsea fans, depressed and and confused and upset. And I think that's a perfectly natural reaction after back-to-back back defeats. But this feels dark. It feels really dark at the moment.
4: Well, it does. I mean, OK, where I think we should possibly start looking at it from is the one thing that seems to have got under Conte's skin the whole season is transfers. We've heard it, All the way at the beginning, we've heard it in the middle, we've heard it through January. Now, I think at this moment in time, he's not moaning about January's transfers. I actually think he's still moaning about what happened in August and the summer. And I think that is the place we should start. How this has affected a group of players who, let's face it, won the title last year at a canter. And here we are doing everything he said, which was he said he didn't want a Mourinho season. And he's getting one now. So... Liam, over to you. I mean, how do you feel about... Uh, sorry to start you off like this, but, you know, what do you think about this This sort of feeling
0: that the transfers is where it's all gone wrong? Well, it's. I mean, it's never entirely one thing, but everything is... Or The, the tension has spiralled from the transfers. Um, Conte pushed hard for big names last summer. What he got was squad names and players that Chelsea feel fit their longer-term profile of younger guys who can um, grow and have resale value within the club but that doesn't help Conte right now and that's what he wants he wanted to go into this season actually targeting the Champions League and being able to kick on instead they've been left behind by United and City and I think what City have done in particular has been tough mentally for all the other clubs below them to deal with there's been sort of an existential crisis going on with all these other managers getting really tetchy um, about various things that would otherwise be a bit more trivial. But the fact that City are about 15 points ahead of everyone, I think, uh, puts everything in a different perspective. But yeah, he's certainly... The transfers where it's sprung from. Um, not just who they brought in, but the timing of players that they brought in. Bringing them in at the end of the window, bringing in players like Danny Drinkwater and Timo Bakioko who'd missed all of pre-season. And I think we've seen them hit a wall, particularly in recent weeks. I mean, all injured players well yeah exactly and um you know so they've they've not been fully fit when they've arrived and they've been unable to get fully fit since because they haven't had that conditioning work that Conte values so much in those summer weeks where they've you know those double training sessions and everything so it's it's not one thing but if it sp- sprang from one thing, it sprang from transfers. But one thing, I mean, on
1: Conti's list, I mean, at the one thing, and I do have some sympathy for the Chelsea board, not lots, but on this, everyone he wanted was over 30. You know, mm-hmm. he was like Banucci, he was, all these names, these kind of tried and tested names, they're all in their 30s. They're all going to be worth nothing in two, three years' time or very little. You know, you could you could kind of see, well, look, you know, all right. You kind of know what we want now. Maybe do us a list that comes in with the reason. I mean, I, I, I really love Conti. I mean, last you know seven goals against you know seven goals let in from Bournemouth and Watford makes that love hard to you know to express how much I do. But I, I do feel that the club. You know, I mean, you say we wake up in a nightmare. It's not the first time. This is a this is an, a re, you know a recurring nightmare. Um, and I just think sometimes the board feel that by getting rid of the manager, throw another big-name manager in, and unfortunately it worked with Conte, we won the league. And I think they feel that they can just keep doing this and they just plaster over the cracks by throwing another big-name in. I think we're going to get to the point very soon where the amount of big-name managers that, you know, they don't want to be sacked, you know, after 18 months. I think that's going to, that list is going to get shorter. And I actually think, and I think I see it already, the list of players that will want to play for us in such come to us in such emotional waters like that is going to get smaller and smaller as well. And we're going to struggle to get bigger players. And I do think that this is more worrying as, you know, and the fact that that, that it worked by getting Conte in worries me even more. They just think they'll get Luis Enrique or who else, whoever else in and it will be all right, because I don't think it will be.
4: Okay.
2: I,
1: well, I, I want to add I a couple just,
4: of things to so that. Yeah, you, okay. I was going to yeah. ask you, Yeah. do you feel sympathy for Conte where do you see this? This whole the starting of the transfer is it the board? Is it Conte? What's going on? I think on? there's a
3: couple of other factors. I think yeah. Liam's right in that it, you know you can take it right back. The other the other sort of wild card to throw into this is Costa, and I yeah. think the you know the treatment of Costa or the the Costa story. I don't think will ever unravel what exactly happened there, but clearly there was some disconnect between him and Conte, and he left, and he was a major factor in our title win last year that target man that focus of our of our attacking play and we didn't have that you know what we did in, instead was buy you know Morata who was you know ha- had not played an awful lot of football was still having to build up to match fitness and certainly not played Premier League physical football for, took a little while and to not get a cost match. a replacement in and, any and, way and, so and you know meant that we as you quite rightly say had to change the way we play football a little bit that's one thing the other thing is is that the, the way that football managers work and it's an obvious thing to say is they're in the results business you know I work in the music industry and you know the top level executives get short contracts they get three year contracts which then get rid of it doesn't it doesn't lend itself to risk it doesn't lend itself to bringing youth to you it doesn't it doesn't lend itself to taking risks it it lends itself to buying tried and trusted international players in to try and get results the other thing uh that i just want to finish with is this idea that we when we won the league last year it was an anomaly you know we won it because other teams were in transition. You know, Manchester City were in transition, Man United were in transition. Arsenal, you know, had a had a poor season, Tottenham threatened but didn't really deliver. And and we won it, you know, although we played very good football and I thought we played very well. We won it, we kind of slipped into a vacuum a little bit and won it. So it's an anomaly to turn around and say we should have built on that. Other teams have strengthened transfer-wise, Man United, Man City, even Arsenal with Yang and, 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 uh, and, and Mkhitaryan um, and certainly Liverpool have all strengthened, have all thrown money at the situation and we haven't. So yes, it probably does come back down to transfers, but it's more complicated than saying who did he buy. We're
4: just going to take a quick break and then we'll be back. Sign up and deposit up to £50 and Labrooks will put the same amount into your account, giving up to £50 worth of free bets. Follow the link to bet.chelseapodcast.net. That's, that's quite interesting. I, I, think, I think you're right. We won the title last year because everyone else was in transition and we were actually still in a transition as well last year. Um, our transition, I mean, if you look at the bench, say, last night... Six of the subs weren't even at the club last year. You know, the last game, what was it? Ten of the team didn't play for us at the same time last year. There's been an awful lot of change that's gone on. And a lot of it isn't really, by the looks of it, Conte's fault. Although we could say that Costa was. How much blame should we even be looking at blame? I mean, the other thing that interests me is, with all these transfers and things... Emanalo was the man who we all used to blame and say he was responsible for this, he's responsible for that. He left, which is a really odd thing. Somebody said, well, oh, he left because he got better money at Monaco. We well, he was practically best mates with Abramovich. Surely he would have gone, if it was just purely about money, he would have gone to Roman and said, can I have a few more quid? Monaco off offer me this, and I'm sure he'd have stayed. Does that leaving actually signify something else going on at board level? I mean, what do you think about that,
0: Liam? Well, I think there are more structural problems and, and when Emanalo first left and it did catch Chelsea by surprise, it's the reason why they haven't replaced him yet and they still haven't really decided how they'll replace him, whether they'll find a direct technical director or divvy up his responsibilities. Marina Granovskaya is basically doing his job in addition to being the chief dealmaker right now. Um, People at the time maybe painted it as a victory power wise for Conte that Eminarlo had left. It wasn't that. It was if anything, it was no, bad it was bad for Conte because he was the go between yeah. his office was opposite Conte's. He was the one that he would talk to if he wanted to say something to the board and it worked the other way around. Now it feels like that com- that line of communication between uh, Granovskaya and, and Conte is completely broken. You know, the the whole idea that he he spent the days leading up to the Bournemouth game preparing with Mishy Batshuayi up front suggests that he just wasn't in the in the loop or he didn't try to find out about what Chelsea's transfer intentions were because he he should have known that there was a very live chance Batshuayi would not be available for that game Um, so that's just one example and I think that yeah there are more structural issues and it I think the the board need to take a serious look at themselves and how they've handled the preparations for this season and the way they'll function going forward with Conte or whoever is the next head coach.
3: I think it's fair to say that all great football clubs are reflections of their manager, you know, and I think that infectious crowd surfing um, you know, maniac jumping, clowning about Conte that we saw last season, sort of was a reflection of the play that we were doing. We were playing great flair football, you know, on the front foot, you know, and, and you know, everybody was loving playing. The players were loving playing. There was a real sense of unity about it. If you contrast his body language, his facial expressions, his general demeanour last night, you know, our play last night was a reflection of our manager. And I wonder how much over the recent months with his Negativity, and I don't think you can get around the fact that he's been. I mean, you've sat in the press conferences. I mean, he just feels like a negative character Mm. coming across in the media. I don't know what it's like when you're actually sitting in front
0: of him. Very, very prickly these days. Um, Fractious, almost Mourinho-esque. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and also a Mourinho-esque sense that he's gone into the press conference with something he wants to say, either in a coded way or just outright saying it. You know, Mourinho always used to do that. And increasingly with Conte, it's felt particularly in the last couple of weeks that he's gone into every press conference and said something that you think, oh, that won't go down very well with the people above him, no. you know. And and, and the, the sheer, we, we had sort of bizarre spectacle last Friday of him saying he'd quite like a statement of support. Which, which which normally, does normally about, that's the kiss of death. The, yeah, the exactly. So,
1: it's like, I want the kiss of death. Give me the kiss of death, please. I thought that was really odd. It
0: was really he did weird.
4: qualify that by saying, although I know that no one ever gets them here.
0: Yeah, well, the only person who did was Mourinho and he was sacked two months later. Exactly. So. I mean,
1: I, I do really love content. I mean, there's a couple of things that I think... I, I, I mean, I think constantly undermining the board is never going to go down well and is not going to see you there for very long. Mm. Uh, I mean, going back to Costa, I mean, we, we've we always had that, you know, that bully striker, you know. I used to love it when Drogba used to come out and you could see the fear in other other teams almost and, and Costa as well but his treatment of Costa and whether he was sacked by text and all of that nonsense and I mean regardless of whether he was you know whether it was morally wrong to just let him go by text his money his value dropped you know you know, once you know that that club doesn't want you 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 know the, the, the vultures start swarming I mean and it certainly seemed to undermine the players love for Conte by the way that a senior team member was just treated so badly and And maybe, as is purported, maybe a little bit with Louise at the moment. You know, a lot of people seem to be upset with how Louise is getting treated by Conti as well. I think
0: the Louise thing is significant. um, He was was
3: absolutely off the boil last night. I said, Mm -hmm. you know, on Twitter that it's amazing to think six years ago, Cahill and Louise. Won the Champions League in Munich that night. You know they were immense. You know, of all the players in that team, when we were both
0: playing with muscle injuries, both in that playing case. with their
3: hamstrings in suitcases. You know, <laughs> and it, you know, it was it was an astonishing performance. And you look how slow, how old they look now. And you talk about over thirties players. You know that central defence last night just looked aged, Created. and and, it and, and against Bournemouth, wow.
4: Do are we all saying? And it's something that you know the press has been constant about this season is that. Conte's a dead man walking. Since since the Burnley game, it's been, oh, the squad hasn't been developed, it hasn't been advanced, no superstars coming in, and we haven't bought a superstar player since Hazard, really. Um, do we all think that it is just a matter of time? Is there any way that Conte can I think find salvation? I think,
3: I think you'll see the season now. And I think he'll see the season out. I don't I don't see any value in sacking him now. I mean I think and, that unless I don't think he'll walk down. because he's not silly. He'll know that, you know, if he walks, he loses he'll lose out he'll lose out on a, a big payday. I think he'll see the season out. I think, you know, we've still got Champions League football, we've still got FA Cup football, we've still got, you know, a top four place to fight for. It's not like we're sitting sixteenth with nothing to play for. I think that you know that if he can galvanize the squad, if he can Get his spirits up, and get the players' spirits up, and get them galvan. What was interesting last night? So this is just slight tangent. Players went into a huddle last night. Did you notice that on the pitch before the game? And they, you know, I don't see that very often. You know, the players going into a, It's what other teams do. I always kind of joke about it. I always think, oh, they're a bit scared. They're going in a huddle. Our players went into a huddle before the game last night. That I thought that was really significant. Mm. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but that doesn't that doesn't normally happen with our team.
4: No, I think you're right, and and I think. When you start watching, so sorry, just sorry. While well, I've yeah. got
3: my train of thought, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, you know, that, that does does that show that the, the team are trying to take some responsibility for it and trying to get themselves up because they're not getting it from the manager, or that they don't feel that they, you know, they, they're trying, they're trying to galvanise themselves, but it's just not happening for some reason. Sorry. Uh,
4: no, I, th- I think you're right. I think when you get to moments like this with teams, no matter what the sport is, when you're the observer trying to work out what's going on you're looking for the things that aren't quite the same and things like that are relevant i think because it shows they're not doing the usual normally it's all there's two or three of them that usually go around the team chest bump a couple of people couple of high fives and that's it we don't do huddles, so it it shows something is not working now whether they're overworked i mean what is it? We've had nine hamstring injuries this season, which people, you know, whether people that's. trying to just, read
3: a lot into that. I just think that's hamstring injuries. Yeah. No,
4: the interesting thing is, you know. Um, I well, think there's it, been
3: a lot of, oh, this must be Conti's coaching methods yeah, that are causing course. hamstring well, that's injuries. That's my point. Yeah, it's
1: but we've always been we and now we're not. We've always been good for injuries. I I, I agree with you. And oh, that's a conspiracy I, it, theory too yeah, so far. I, for I me. do, but we've always been we've always had pretty
0: good injury records. And at the moment, we've
3: got a pretty rubbish one. Well, we bought a load of players with injuries. That doesn't yeah. help, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, we only
0: bought players with injuries, and they got you know a lot of players with a track record of not playing three games in a week. You know, obviously we've talked about Morata, but also even someone like Kante, who's won two league titles without having to deal with European football. It's a new challenge for him this season as well. I just want to say quickly on the chances of Conte seeing out the season until the last two games, I've been very confident that would happen. It's certainly Chelsea's plan. They don't want, they don't want to have to make a move, a coaching change before summer. But these last two performances have been so irredeemably bad, you know, and we've seen this movie before when things start going this badly that I'm. I'm not sure he can survive another performance like this. If they, if they lose against West Brom and they play like this, I I don't see how he, I think, I think they'll, a combination of that and the fact that it would likely um, leave them outside the top four, which is the red line for the Chelsea board. They, they cannot afford to miss out on Champions League uh, uh, qualification this season. And so. Let's
3: not forget, West Brom is a rather significant team. Yeah, for previous Villas Boas,
0: uh, Di Matteo,
3: all got sacked at West yeah, Brom. Yeah. Right, yeah. usually, so.
0: usually away at West Brom, and yeah. yet, of course, there was the irony last year of Conte winning the title at West Brom. They, yeah. they do have a part to play
4: in our, <laughs> our lives. Unfortunately, they're the
0: Forrest Gump of Chelsea's recent history. <laughs> they're just there at all the crucial moments.
4: Okay, I think we found the title for this week's <laughs> show. But so, I mean, Conte, what can he do? Um, how does he... You, you talked about galvanising and getting back into it. You know, we've got to get up for West Brom. What does he do? You know,
3: he's just announced... I think he has that- to play a striker. Yeah. He yeah, has to play a striker. I, I don't think the, the three up front is working. You know, the, the, the hazard in the middle. I think it's a waste of hazard. I don't, I don't think the transitions are good enough... From defence to attack, to be able to play that front three as it is, you know, we look at the, um, you know, the, the the game at Brighton, which we won quite comfortably played. Batchwi up front, um, and otherwise it's looked it's looked difficult for them to get on the ball. And I think that you only have to look at Luis last night, lumping the ball forward time and time again up to Hazard. Never in a chance of hell that it was going to drop over the head of, of of the defenders. You know, it just was. And, and as soon as he brought Giroud on, first thing Giroud did nodded it down. You yeah. know, and in fact, has nodded it down to him once. Yeah, he did. Um, you know, but but it you know it suddenly gave us a focus and a target. Now I'm not saying let's just stick a lump up front and lump the ball up into him, but I think we need a focus and we need a target and we need something that those players can run off. And it's just not happening. So, so what can Conte do? Play a bloody striker, Antonio. Yeah,
4: I think I think you're absolutely right. I, you know, there is something about. Look, when it, when it works, it's lovely watching the flicks and tricks and the manoeuvres. But more often than not, it doesn't work when you have him in the... And you're right, it nullifies Hazard as a player for me. He can't... I love it when he suddenly... He's on the left. Oh, no, he's on the right. And the other people have switched because he said, come on, you go over there. I'll go, and he controls it more. When he's in the centre, he stays far more central.
3: Look at that Brighton game. They were terrified of him. That's Absol- because we had Batshuayi, wasn't it? Well, though? no, we had someone, you know, yeah. F- yeah, nominally in the middle. Yeah. you know, But, you know, we had someone that Hazard could run off and be a foil to. And and when he's the centre of attention, it's a waste. I think and he- I thought Hazard was one of the bright spots last night. You know, putting aside his goal, which was magical, there were times he tried. He tried really hard. He he did not stop
4: trying things. Uh, you know, for me, I... I If if I'm going to be critical, I'd say the thing I haven't really agreed with in certain ways is how defensive Conte's taken this season uh, and also some of his substitutions. For me, I would have taken off Pedro last night and kept Willian on because Willian has that element of surprise. Williams coming back from injury. He probably only
3: would have played 70 minutes anyway, so I can understand point.
4: I I get it, but just as the way the game was panning out with 10 men, I thought
0: Pedro became... Far less a player in that that situation than perhaps William would have been. Well, and the other thing to say about that false nine system is that in recent weeks Hazard has been half the player when William's not been there. Yeah. They they mm. play off exactly. each other so yeah, well, and that was the key to what Chelsea did at Brighton. Yeah, I think some of the striker stuff has been kind of forced on Conte. I mean, last night was forced on him. Giroud wasn't ready to play. Yeah. I didn't actually realise until he signed how long he'd been out for. Um, towards <laughs> the end of his time at Arsenal oh, it was almost you, two you months you hadn't, you hadn't figured that out yeah. that we signed a player and hadn't been out
1: no one has been playing reg- we have bought anyone that's <laughs> been playing regularly and you know it, it, like in the last year we bought no one that has like either match fit or been getting regular football we literally go to the croc shop that's yeah. where we go we go croc breakers shop breakers yard but you know outpatients at Outpatients. that's where we will we'll buy our players
3: from the out. what for general last night who's yeah. in the outpatients M- yeah.
0: maybe they've may- maybe they, it's a conscious thing maybe they've figured yeah. it out it's an inefficiency in the market yeah, and can we get we, these we, players can, cheaper it's
3: their version of sabre yeah, matrix recu- <laughs>
0: recuperation center no it's true you know
4: i mean it's it's a very odd situation but I, I i do think he's made some odd tactical decisions this season maybe it's just because of the nature of the players he's got maybe it's just the, the way that it's panned out
3: what are we going to do with a problem like Bakioca? I thought that was my next words. My next words. Uh, look, ah. we have to address it. Let's try not to. Uh, no. to, to, well, to let's try and take a measured view. I, this I hate the it idea like of anyone
1: night? booing him off. I hate the idea that anyone puts on. The, you know, no one goes out there to play badly. No one deserves to be booed off. I, I, I really hate it. But his performance—it was described as one of the worst performances in a Chelsea shirt for fifteen years. Now that is saying something. Well, but I don't know what the answer is. Whether he has to have a rest, he can't. You know, it's—it's got to stop. He's got to give his confidence back. But who gets a confidence back by
3: you know by not playing? It's a really difficult quandary. There's a couple of things here. Number one, he was useless. Right, I'm going to make no no. Apologies for him at yeah, all. he was. That was one of the worst performances in a Chelsea shirt I've seen. I don't know about fifteen years, but for a very long time, he was atrocious. All right, so that's that out the way. There's no doubt in the fact that the boy had a terrible game. He's had a bang average season. He's had a couple of games where there's been flickers of life. In fact, the last couple of games, Brighton. you know, he's he flickered into life a little bit. You know, and that you can see something there, something of why we bought him. I think we thought we were buying a Yaya Toure on his prime, and we've ended up. With you know, sort of half a Slavisa. Never mind, Djokanovic Yaya.
4: More like Jar Jar.
3: Well, maybe. But you know, the um, where did you read that? I don't know. <laughs> I just made it up. Pretty right.
4: good, eh? Thanks.
3: Um, so there's that. Let's put that on the table for the fact that you know he's been poor. You know, there's no two ways about it. And 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 quite rightly, a lot of people have said, "Well, if we're going to give this boy a chance, why haven't we given?" You know some of the some of the kind of the better youth players a chance. If we're, if it's about giving people a chance to thrive, I have some sympathy with that. The fact that we paid so much money for him is the answer to for, that question. A,
4: for a player who's yeah. as underdeveloped as yeah. some of the youth. So th- players. the
3: reason that he's playing is because we've paid that much money for him, and th- there's a pressure on us to do that. The other darker side of this is, I was at the ground last night. I was in the away end, and he was booed off the pitch. And here comes the swearing as he walked off a sizable portion of the away fans, I would say 20 to 25% of the away fans, our fans shouted your fucking shit as he walked off over and over again. I was disgusted by that. Are we that club now? Are we that club that does that to our players? Are we that entitled that, that we treat our players like that? I don't care who you are. I don't care how badly you play. If you're wearing a Chelsea shirt, you don't get booed off the pitch by your own fans. To me, if you did that, you're a moron. It's shocking. And, you know, how you can even call yourself a Chelsea fan if you did that is beyond belief. That's what I wanted to get off my chest because, you know, why are you going to these grounds? Why are you going to away games where you get up at 7 a.m. in the morning, sit in the virtual waiting room, get your ticket, spend money, take time off work, travel to a ground, get in the ground an hour early, you know, and then boo the players. What the fuck is the matter with you? Honestly, sorry, but well, what the fuck is the matter with you?
0: Well, that's an extension of what we see on Twitter all the time. Yeah. Um, and what I've noticed in the last few weeks is an increasing divergence between what I've heard at Stanford Bridge... Not just towards individual players, but towards Conte as well. The level of vitriol towards Conte in the last few weeks on Chelsea Twitter has been incredible. But on
1: Twitter, it's a, it's from, it, it it's can be from people as far as sitting there in,
0: on their keyboards in China. Well, and there's stuff, very little. It? The, the, yeah. It's just the perspective-free place, I think, Twitter.
3: I also want to say this. That was only 20% of the away fans, right? The other 80% sang their hearts out. They sang Conte's name they sang Chelsea, you know, they were massively supportive. And there's a huge amount to be proud of in the Chelsea support. The 80% of us that go, that sing along, that support the team, clues in the name, say it all the time. You know, uh, the 80% are amazing. And, you know, that's why I go, to be part of that community, to feel that unity. You know, to, the other 20% can fuck off, as far as I'm concerned. But
1: going back to the back of Yoko, you think he's literally still getting that game time? Because... I mean, I've watched match of the day countless times, and pretty much the pundit, every single pundit on there has been like, Bakioko is awful. And why does it? Why is he still? Get, why is he still getting a game? I, I, <laughs> well, someone said that Bakayoko actually was one of Conte's signings, and he's proven a point. He's one of the few signings he did actually get.
0: <laughs> well, so, I, <laughs> I think he was one of the few signings that both Conte and the club yeah. were were in favour of. Um, I mean, he's. Let me state the case for the defence of Bakayoko. I'm not going to defend his performances because you can't defend his bad, his I, worst I, performances. I, I wanted this season. him to come good, you know. I mean, yeah, like and I think a lot of there. Chelsea fans do. He um, looks
4: cool as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he arrived at the club injured. He he finished last season at Monaco, where he was part of a, an incredible team that made an amazing run to the Champions League semi-finals and an important part of that team. I watched I actually watched quite a bit of them and he was, you know, he might not Mbappe was the star, but he was certainly a, a key cog in mm. that team and I haven't really seen that player this season only in flashes as we as we said. And I think the fact that he didn't have a pre-season, the fact that not just the physical work that you do, but also the tactical work you do with Conte, particularly when you're a central midfielder in that 3-4-3 system I know Kante takes a lot of the load off, but it's the one area of the pitch where you have to do the most mm. work in terms of being in the right position all the time, and that's where he's had the most problems. I think is switching off out of possession. He had he was in a team last year in Monaco that didn't really worry about how many goals they conceded. They they were, but they weren't
3: as pressed as hard as well. Either. Yeah, they in, were in the French they, league. Yeah.
0: yeah, but they were quite a romantic team in a sense Absolutely. in that they just focused on what they could do going forward. They didn't really worry they happily win a game 5-4 and he's having to adjust to now the mentality of a top team where the margins between success and failure are a lot finer and I've had this feeling for a while and it's only sort of become crystallized in in the last few weeks that I'm not saying there is a Chelsea player in Bakayoko because I don't know that but if there is I don't think we'll see it until next season and that might be too late for Conte and then you're dealing with whatever the next coach maybe thinks of him. So maybe at this stage, his his fate in terms of his career at Stamford Bridge is out I, of his hands. I, but, I,
1: I, yeah. I agree 100%. And, and I don't think calling, you know, telling me he's fucking shit. And, you know, I don't, you know, I, he wouldn't be the first guy to come to Premier League and take at least a season to get good. But I, 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 I do think, again. I do you know, when, it, when continued performances aren't good enough, give someone else a go, give him a break, give him a rest, let him, do work a bit on the training ground and then put him back. Continually just putting him in there every week to get abuse from the fans. It's like cricket, and, and isn't it? And his head's gone down. You can see his body language, his mind, everything's gone down. You know, you know what? No that's hard for any
3: human it's, it's being. It's like cricket. Mm. If you're failing at test level, go and play some county cricket, score some runs, and come back yeah, in the yeah, team. I Look, agree. I would say as well about Yoko, we have, as fans, been wrong in the past. There is a sizable section of fans that wrote off Kevin De Bruyne as being a fancy Dan, pointless winger. There is a sizable section of fans who thought Mo Salah was just a lightweight, Correct. you know, filler. There's a sizable amount of fans that you know that thought several other players including Scherler including Quadrado you know Quadra- Marin Quadrado was, Quadrado was a joke at Chelsea and has since gone on to be a, a, an integral part of a Juventus team that's won everything yeah. you know so you know we have been very wrong in the past and to write a player off after so you know quickly, just over yeah. half a season is madness madness and, and you know give the give the guy a chance criticise him when he plays badly I, you know and criticise him on WhatsApp and criticise him with your mates and criticise him in the pubs and even criticise him on a a podcast. That's all fine. Don't do it in the ground. It's stupid. It doesn't serve any purpose but whatsoever apart to apart to highlight your emotional idiocy. But I don't think
1: throwing him in at the deep end game after game after game I agree. is going to help either. Yeah. He shouldn't have, he should have been
3: benched quickly. Yeah.
4: All right. Well, on that note, we're going to put Bakioko on the bench for a moment on the back burner. On the back burner and just take a quick break. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. And here we are back again. So, I think...
3: I you think, haven't made me apologise for my swearing. I'm, I'm impressed. Uh, well, <laughs> apologise then. I'm sorry. There you go. <laughs> I'm not really sorry, well,
4: actually. No, you meant it. It was heartfelt. I, we I all don't, get no,
3: it. The only, I think this is the only podcast I've ever... Sworn on. No, that's actually just not
4: true. <laughs> that's just nonsense.
3: It's the only podcast I've sworn this amount on. <laughs> yeah.
4: You know, so, I mean, it, it's interesting now. You, you know, we've made our signings. I mean, I, I think we should talk about the signings we've made in January as well. How do we view them? For me, Giroud was was one of the few bright sparks, along with Hazard the other night um, against Watford. I thought he came on. He showed even when we were really up against it, that, you know, he made a bit of a difference. I liked
3: his body language when he came on. He looked yeah. excited. He looked, yeah, he, like did. he looked like he wanted to get stuck in. Well, you he know? said all, all the
4: right, right things, hasn't he, about joining and, you know, yeah. that this is a great club and I'm so happy to oh, be the here. The
3: body language of the rest of the team last night was a poor... I mean, you must have seen it. I mean, just like shoulder slumping. Yeah, he came well on did. and he was... And he, yeah, they did. And, and, and he was immediately in the thick of it. And, you know, I think we said in a, in a previous podcast, what he does is he causes chaos in penalty areas. Um, because of his ability to get above defenders, and and, and he's and just gangly. A, he, and, he's you know, got
4: legs and arms all over the place. And let's not forget, on he
3: had a really good chance at the end. Yeah, he did. <laughs> you know, so he's get the chances are going to come. Yeah. You know, and I think that he's been he's a really good addition to the squad. Yeah. Is he a front line striker? No. Is he a you know starting ten games in a row from the starting position? No, of course he's well, not. But he's as a, as a good squad addition, he's fine. I think in terms of squad additions, Barkley's a good squad addition. I think Giroux's a good squad addition. I've got Drinkwater is. I don't have a problem with any of the. The problem is, have we signed any frontline world class players? Do any
4: of those players make a difference to the first team? That's the question, isn't it? And from a starting point, yeah, of view. yeah. From a, from
3: a starting they,
1: point of view, but they do take the pressure off the first team. Sure, you know if we're struggling with injuries and more games, you know they're they're all good quality players. I'm really happy with Giroud. Happy with I think I think Barkley could come really good. Well. and Palmieri we, we won't know he's injured like. <laughs> <laughs> what we don't have what what we
3: don't have and I think I, I don't know if you agree with me on this one Liam but we don't seem to have a, a, a player that can pick the ball up and drive forward with it we box. don't a have Lampard. a Lampard a Lampard a Balak an Essien we don't have that no, player that can aid the transition and you, we've got two players you know Kante just spends his whole life putting fires out and he's brilliant at it I mean Kante will never put in a less than 7 out of 10 performance I mean even last night 7 out of 10 you know, and did some really good stuff. He'll never put in a bad performance, but he can't transition the ball. You know, he'll go forward with it a little bit. He, you need someone who's going to pick it up. Fabregas he's a quarterback. He'll stand. He'll ping, but he's not going to drive forward with it. And I think that player, if we'd signed a, you know, if we'd signed a Verratti or, a, you know, or someone like that, I think, you know, I think that would have made a massive difference. And we just don't have anybody to do it. And I think they thought that's what Yoko would do. And he just doesn't. Yeah. But he's yeah. not
4: that
1: player. But I, what I would say is, I, you know, we, we talked about this last podcast I was on. You know, lots of people saying about it's a lack of ambition and you disagreed. And, you know, I, I'm kind of halfway in it. But it's we'll a devil. Soccer, I can't remember what I said. Uh, oh. it, it, it's not spending that, you know, loads of money it doesn't. It's not a lack of ambition. Although no, I okay. do think whenever you're outspent by Arsenal, it's a warning sign. <laughs> yeah. You know, with very, well, very, very outspent tight. Outspent Arsenal,
4: <laughs> having helped them make the well, deal. <laughs> yeah. But you, you know, know I, if you really. Okay, want to so look so at it. The, our last two transfer. Sorry, our there's... engineer's are gooner, and he's smiling yeah. now, which, which <laughs> just make me feel a bit queasy.
1: So um, it's saying uh, our net transfer spend. So that's obviously ins and outs is fifty one and a half million. And we're fifth, but we're quite a long way off the people above us. And the people just below us are West Bromwich Albion on 44 million, Huddersfield Town on 45.8 million and Watford on 49 million. So we're spending with that level of that. That's where we're spending. We're not spending anywhere near the Liverpool, Tottenham, you know, that, that end of the thing. And that is a bit of a worry to me,
3: I think. I think one of the, one of the problems is as well is that, you know, where we have spent on frontline players, Maratta and yeah. Yoko hasn't worked. And that's a lot of money. That's that's over a yeah, hundred million. Hundred and twenty million. Hundred and twenty million and you know, when Are you, you saying
4: Morata's not worked?
3: I don't to... I don't I well, I mean look, he's obviously a brilliant player. You know, he started gangbusters um, it's you a know, lot of money, he's now he he's now got these niggling injuries. He's now got some personal issues. I think his best friend was killed in a car crash. You know, I think he's got some some issues going on mentally. He doesn't seem to be. You know, went on that that run of not being able to you know to hit a barn door with a banjo. And I, I think that you know that, that it hasn't worked in the same way that, for example, Salah's worked, or you know, or, or some of the other big signings around the Premier League have worked. He hasn't really impacted the team in the way that we hoped he would. You know, we talked what about you- Bakayoko at length, so the frontline signings that we've made let put aside the squad signings the frontline signings haven't set the world on fire.
4: What do you think about the Maratta situation because there are rumors that he's not happy uh, there, uh, there was a bit of a talking about coded comments from Conte. You know, he said um the other day, didn't he? He said about oh, you know, Maratta's back still bad. We didn't realize it was going to be this bad. And you kind of almost it was a bit like a Klopp comment about say Sturridge mm. that you know basically not sure it's really as bad as he makes out, but how do you feel, Murata's been?
0: Uh, you've seen him
4: around the club and things.
0: Well, I think I I would still hold out a, a lot of hope that he can become a, a really top top class centre forward, the, the player that they bought him to be, and the player he looked like he was in August and September. I mean, a lot's happened since then. Bad we, weather, yeah. We've well a lack of a winter break, you know, all the things that he wasn't used to in Europe. Have have happened in his first season in England, and I think it all adds up to be quite quite a shock on and off the pitch.
1: I think if we'd have kept Costa, I think he'd be a different player. I don't
0: think ke- keeping Costa was an option. But honestly, no, but I'm I just saying in in, a, in a theory, I yeah. think
1: if he wasn't there to be a battering ram sometimes, yeah. and he was literally that that flare, I mean, his movement, Maratta's movement is fantastic. Well, he's you good know, enough
0: to play off Costa. Yeah, yeah I mean, I just or think any other if we'd have, you
1: know, I think expecting him to replace Costa was 100% wrong. And, you know, and expecting us, you know, you mentioned earlier on about he was never going to replace Costa. It's a different style of football. And I, I think that puts so much pressure on him. I, I don't think the club has done him any favours.
3: I'm, I'm with Liam on the, ho- I, I think he might come good. You know, I think do, you know, I do. I'm not, fantastic I'm certain, he's definitely one player I'm not right enough. I'm me just too. saying that, you know, that really, you know, if we could have just pointed at one front line signing <laughs> and gone, that was brilliant. You mm. know, I think the fans would have turned around and gone, well, at least we got X. Mm. And the fans are going, we've got But we Murata, did for a while. Well, we, for a while. We, but, you know, if, we you happy. Look, if you look around last night, you know, you've got no Murata. You know, half those players that we bought aren't even in the squad. It, it's just like, it's it's a bit of a disaster zone. And, you know, and, and no youth coming through as well. You know, not yeah. even not even yeah. the kind of hudson Doy getting on the pitch to, yeah. to solve some problems with that.
0: Well, the problem is that um, whoever they'd have signed to replace Costa last summer would have been a step back. I mean, it's it's easy. People get caught up in all the histrionics and all the, all the things that Costa do that make him controversial but he is a genuine top five in the world number nine and goals. yeah and they, and you had Lukaku and Morata were the other frontline strikers on the market last summer neither of them were anywhere near as good no. as Costa so it, it wouldn't have mattered not we, yet no not yet and I, I think Morata might be able to come that become that player I think the biggest challenge he has is riffing off something you said is mental Mm. Um, he's, he's spoken before in interviews about how he gets in his own head I think he went 100 days without scoring at Juventus a couple of years ago and he, he freely admits now that he was in his own head and I think it took Gianluigi Buffon to take him to one side and go, look, just pull yourself together. Yeah, we don't need cry. You. He told we him, ne- didn't he? Yeah, yeah, be the player we need you to be. If you, essentially,
3: if you looked at Costa's record as well, you know, another stre- streaky player, particularly at Madrid. You know, he was oh. in first spell at Vesco Madrid. He was quite a streaky player. You mm. know, the idea that we've got in our heads that Costa banged a goal in every game when well, he was
0: a late bloomer as yeah, well. He was. like Drogba. You know,
3: yeah. Drogba, Drogba as well. You know, Drogba had pretty poor periods at Chelsea. You know, first like season, first, first, th- th- first season, first two he, he seasons, he got booed yeah. off. Exactly.
1: In fact, there's hope for Bakiyoko. Drogba got booed <laughs> off and, and sworn out on his first season and that's what You came. know,
3: those, those times when you know, Drogba would fall to the floor clutching his you know, sort of, you know, shins yeah. in, the, in the first 15 minutes of a game and he went, oh, it's going to be one of those games for Drogba. You know, we had these pictures in our head of these kind of warriors that went through and banged in millions of goals and never had a bad game. You know, I think we've got to get over ourselves a little bit, give people a bit of a chance, criticise them when they've been bad, recognise and reflect on poor performances and poor runs, but not get, not get so carried away that it's the end of days.
0: Well, and I think the fouling thing with Drogba is, is something that Chelsea fans have been frustrated with with Morata this season yeah. because still, yeah. he still seems to be operating on what, what, yeah what is a <laughs> foul in Spain, which, yeah. you know, there's just yeah. a different level of contact permitted yeah. in, in English football. He'll, he'll adjust to that. He will. And it's not him not being strong because he can be really strong I when th- he I wants to be.
1: be I, I, yeah. But I do think he needs another strong striker next to him. So the pressure's off him a little bit. I think it's all in his head. I really do.
4: So okay so we we've had this most dreadful of weeks. If you thought Bournemouth was bad, you know, then we get Watford. We so far this last week we're down 7-1. You know, we've now so. got Hull in the cup and then we've got West Brom at home. And then we've got a series of very interesting games after that. We've West, got
3: West Brom and then Hull, isn't
4: it? Yeah, West Brom and then Hull. Sorry, yeah, yeah it's Monday then Friday, isn't it? Yeah, West Brom then Hull. And then, you know, you've got your Man U, your Man City and Barcelona. Um, so in a way, it wouldn't make any sense to get rid of Conte. If at the end of that, we've lost every single game of those big games and it's looked useless, then you probably go, yes. If it's not going to work, it's now it's not going to work. He'd go. There's no point bringing someone else in to do Man U, Man City and the two Barcelona games. Ain't going to happen. But how key is this next month or two, for Chelsea as a club to get things back on track? Because I think we've seen what it was like, even though we won the title, a year without Champions League felt quite chilly. The
3: the next two games will define what we are as a club at the moment. I think if we can respond positively on Monday and beat West Brom and beat them well and then go on and beat Hull and beat them well, I think that will prove that there's still some of the Chelsea left. There's still there's still a bit of Chelsea there because, you know, we are a team that bounce back. We are a team that respond. We ha- we are a resilient team. And I think that's what's been so shocking over the last week is our lack of resilience. If that comes back next week, I think that, that will, people, most people will breathe a sigh of relief and, and feel a little bit more positive moving forward. If the same things continue... I think that that's a that's a full-blown crisis and 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 I don't know what we do then. I really don't know what we do.
4: Well, it is, it's a bit of a clueless situation isn't it really? You know, I mean what was interesting on Sky last night the pundit they had on and you know I detest hearing the man talk was Wayne Rooney. Oh. But He was spot on. When he started talking about football, it was really interesting because you got an insight into players' mentalities, players' minds. He was discussing everything like the penalty, how it was definitely a penalty, no matter what Courtois may say. It was a penalty. Yeah, exactly. But Courtois did his usual, I'll come out and do uh, an interview and then go, yeah, well, of course, you know, it wasn't a penalty. And you think, no, it was. Just own up to it. (laughs) But he he went into a few things and he, he said something very interesting. He said... The Chelsea I have seen in the last week is not Chelsea Football Club as I know it. Chelsea Football Club is about finding ways to get back into a game, finding ways to get the goal, finding ways to keep on going at it. They're a powerful side. This was not Chelsea Football Club. And I I think it was a very interesting way that he talked about it. Suddenly, just as a bloke who knows about football, just went... Something was just so weird. Do you about think this we've never
1: felt that since we lost the, you know, the famous spine of the team, the Drogba, Terry, Lampard? Do you think we've, you know, well, I think you know, it's, we haven't replaced it. No. We, and is it now starting to show? I mean, I I, th-
4: I think there is something to be said. And I was talking with Gary Hayes about this. Not that he knows much about <laughs> football, but yeah. um, you, know, <laughs> you know. But um, I talked to Bro, and uh, we were just chatting about the fact is there was a moment. When Chelsea wanted to change from being power and having the big players and the solid players into the Barcelona, you know, tippy-tappy football and lovely, you know, flair players. And we've not really done one or the other. And we've not replaced and then we've not managed to redress.
3: I think we're quite a schizophrenic team at the moment. We don't quite know what we are. Schizophrenic. Schizophrenic. And I don't think that we quite know... We, don't, we haven't really got an identity we've, as a team at the moment. I think that's no, spot on. And, and, and yeah. that's what I mean about next week kind of showing us what we are. And I think if, we can, if we've got any of our identity left, what, what, you know, what we think Chelsea Football Club is, we will respond. If we don't, as I say, you know, I'm at a loss. I'm lucky I'm away. I'm away on holiday next we, week. Oh, where are you going now? <laughs> Somewhere lovely.
4: Oh, where's that? Would that be the Caribbean? Might be. Would it be Antigua? It might be. Oh, look at you.
2: But I'll be watching. I'll
3: be shouting at my laptop. You know, I'll be shouting at my laptop on a crappy Wi-Fi, dodgy stream, probably buffering, forty minutes behind everybody else. But you know, I mean, I'll be I'll be fascinated to see what happens. I'm kind of glad I'm not here, though. I'm just kind of glad it
0: shouldn't be an issue. <laughs> well, they need to go into those games with some semblance of confidence and momentum. If they don't, it will. It it could get really really ugly, and there will probably be really a different really in the dugout.
3: Really really ugly was the phrase I was looking for.
0: Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> well. But yeah, I, I do I do agree that the I, uh, I mean I I don't think you can characterize this current group as mentally weak because you don't win a league title if you're mentally weak. But there is in the same sense as a sort of mental flakiness about this team. A lot of the same. Well, we lot, saw it in 2015, 16 as well. Say, a
1: lot of the same team. We're at the last meltdown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, but I mean, <laughs> So it
0: wasn't Oscar's fault. Yeah, I mean, yeah we, right. I mean, we have to keep perspective as well in that this is not 2015-16. I mean, they're fourth. You know, they've had... They've create, the form's created since the turn of the year, but it's 10 games. So we'll see. If it becomes become something more prolonged, then you know what? I don't we think Conte, Conte will survive it. You
1: know what, we need to wake up a little bit. We need him to grab that team and, and shape it, I think. You know, we need his body language to look like he's going to win a game... You know, I, I don't want to put it all on his thing, but I think the revival will need to start with him. Maybe we
4: should get Ray Wilkins back.
3: I just want to make... I, I've, I've gone the whole uh, pod without a stat, but I want to give you one stat. and it's Go one, on. And it's a player that we haven't mentioned. Chelsea have conceded 37 goals in all competitions this season. 20 of those came without Andreas Christensen being on the park. Yeah, no, I think and I think you know he was a he's, massive he's, loss he's so good and you know if we're looking at bright sparks for this season we're looking yeah. at things to grab hold of we're looking at positives he's the story
0: of Kelvin. he's 100%. the story of the season yeah we he's should
4: get loads of money for him in the summer
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, hello is that Real Madrid <laughs> 100% well what's remarkable is that he didn't play Against Watford and, and Conte reverted to the back three that won the title last season. Yeah. So the personnel was the same, but the performances were totally different. The and I think are, that, the legs
3: were older. Yeah,
0: that's and, that's as much a testament to how, how good Christensen has been.
4: I agree. I think I think he's changed things. And you know, it's actually very interesting that, that last season, the one thing you knew was what the back three was. Week in, week out, they stayed fit pretty much on the whole and they just did their thing. And it shows, especially with a three. And I think this is where there's been a bit of a mistake from Conte. You chop and change it, it takes a while to adjust because the space is different that you're covering, say, in a four. um, And I think you have to work in a different way together. And it's the one thing that really hasn't been consistent this season is the back three. So, you know, anyway, we should probably move on to quick prediction time. And also we'll have a... a, We're going to start next week... um, uh, to uh, make a note of Andy's Twitter numbers because, you know, you have a lot of conversations with people <laughs> and there's a lot of people you may talk to one week and you're I not I try and next. talk
3: to everybody, Kerry. If anybody talks to me, I try and talk to them. People get upset when I tell them what I think. That's the problem, you know. People start arguments with me and then I tell them what I think and then they unfollow me or block me. <laughs> I can't help that. <laughs>
4: No, I guess not. Can
1: anyway. you tell how many people have blocked you? Is there a way of looking at it? Yeah.
3: It Says blocked when you
1: try. <laughs> no, to no, see. but you don't get
0: you don't you can't there isn't a way of working out how many people have I blocked you. I think you can I think you can see how many people you've blocked. Yeah, you I don't think you can work you. out how many I oh, yeah, right. can not I'd love
1: I wonder if we can get Twitter
4: analytics work out what that figure is. <laughs> I want to know what your blocked number is. <laughs> I think it'd be uh, more than his followers, but uh, we have got a fair few of them. Okay, so look. Oh. So so three things. I want to know the score from, uh, for West Brom, then Hull, and then will we have Conte within the next two weeks? So, first off, let's go for West Brom. I, th- I,
1: I, I have to think we're going to win at West Brom 2-0. Uh,
3: I think we'll beat West Brom. I, th- I think... Uh, listen, I'm going to be positive. I think, I think we'll, we'll, we'll rise and rise again. I think it'll be 3-0. I think we will have Conte. I think we'll smash Hull. Five
4: nil. Okay. What's your Hull score then? Three nil. Okay. Uh, Liam,
0: West Brom and Hull. Uh, I think they'll edge past West Brom. Maybe one nil. They'll they'll do in, do just enough to prolong um, Conte. <laughs> to prolong Conte, yeah, and uh, and then they'll get past Hull. Uh, probably two, three, one. And Conte stays. For the meantime, yes.
1: I okay. bet you will wake up in the morning and he's been saying, well, and this podcast can be completely useless <laughs> and non-factual whatsoever.
3: An interesting historical piece. It's good age and really we'll just badly. Say, How long do these guys
4: get get it? Okay, right. well, I'll cover myself. Well, of course, now that Conte's gone, I'm not sure he's going to take care of the West Brom game. But I think we'll come back from that loss and we will win uh, 4-1 against West Brom. And I think it'll be 2-0 against Hull. That's yeah. it. Don't worry, we are going to get through this somehow. All of us, we can do this together. We are the Blues, we are Chelsea and we will carry on right until the end.
2: This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at chelseapodcast.net. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. What's your thoughts on Fulham? Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week, looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk, and we're also available on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, ACAR and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast.
3: Sports Social Podcast Network.
4: Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't
1: refuse. With family, cannolis and spins mean everything. Now,
4: you want to get mixed up in the family business.
1: Introducing The Godfather at chabacasino.com.